Hey everyone, and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife, as always, Liberty. We're a married couple trying to force our hobbies upon each other by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. I uh, got a little intense this morning on the introduction. Force? Ooh. I mean, I feel like I have to make you read sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and you definitely force me to watch baseball sometimes. I force you to watch highlights of baseball most times. That is too much baseball in my life. <laughs> that two minutes and 40 seconds of your life is just far too much. Yes. Yeah. I will say the good thing about COVID is I, is I haven't had to go to a baseball game in over a year. Yeah, that is something that you've kind of lucked out in because obviously here in Texas they've been open as for most stadiums now for a while. I'm just saying, like, if you want to keep COVID in, like, the MLB, that's fine. I can go to other sports yeah. and watch those. But getting straight into the NHL news, because we are currently in the playoffs, I wanted to actually start with player health, because we actually have a surprising amount. I'm surprised, because I have no surprising amount. I have one, but... Uh... I think you probably have the very obvious one, and then there were a few more. Yeah. So, first of all, the reason I know about this one is because he's on my team. Yeah. Evgeny Malkin had surgery on his right knee, and he will be unavailable for the Pittsburgh Penguins training camp. He was injured on March 16th in the game against the Boston Bruins and missed the last six weeks of the regular season. He did return briefly during the playoffs, but Coach Mike Sullivan said that Malkin wasn't at 100% when he came back, and I'm like, obviously. Yeah, they had him on like actual minute like maximums and all sorts of things like that. So it was just like he shouldn't have been in the playoffs in my opinion. Like you, you had younger players that were playing in his role pretty well. So it's like, why risk it? I don't understand. Like the Penguins organization as a whole has always been a next guy up theory. So it's like, and you do it well. So why screw with that? I don't understand, but that's just me. I'm not a head coach or a GM. Well, so. and I feel like part of this is Malkin's pride. He has to be back for the playoffs because it's the playoffs and whatever. He is pretty dominant over the past in the playoffs, so that kind of makes sense. Not when your knee's messed up and you need surgery, though. That's clearly true. It is currently unknown if he'll be back ready for the next season when it starts, so we'll see. I'm thinking probably like late October is when he's going to end up coming back based off that article that I read. But since that's the one that you had, I have no clue how you missed one of the other ones that we're going to discuss. I guess I can do this one next. Jake Evans is out indefinitely for the Montreal Canadiens due to a concussion that he sustained during the game on Wednesday, June 2nd. It turns out that was his effing birthday when he got concussed. Well, here's a tip. Keep your head up. I have, honestly, the Shifley hit would have been clean if he wouldn't have put his head down. It was a shoulder-on-body hit, and he lowered his head to try to drive the net, and that's how it happened. It wasn't like Shifley was gunning to just cripple this man. So, like, I don't know. I'm a firm believer in the playoffs. Hits are going to get bigger. You need to keep your head on a swivel, like, so much more than you would in the normal season. And To a degree, I can agree with what you're saying, but to a degree, I'm like, if you are having some sort of consequence for your hit, it probably wasn't right. Like, there was probably something wrong there. So the, the normal signs of where they give suspensions and fines are when you get off your skates, you get airborne. You yep. didn't do that. When 
It clearly looks like targeting. Like, the whole way, he's like, I'm going to hit this guy in the head. Defenseless player, which I guess you could argue that because he tilted his head down. But, like, you're making a drive for the net when it's 4-3 to on an empty net. And there's only a minute left in the third period. Of course, the player coming back is going to hit you. Like, I don't know. It's I feel like he was a bit of a defenseless player. And I feel like that's why what happened happened. And we'll get into that later. But... I just feel bad for him getting a concussion on his birthday. Like, that sucks. Yeah, it, it, it does suck. There's no doubt about it. But, like, in moments like that, you're, as a kid even, you're taught you either play the player or you play the puck. You can't let them both get by you. And he played the player because he knew he wasn't going to be able to get to the puck in time. So it's like, I don't know. Like It, it can be unintentional and still be worthy of a suspension or something like that, in my opinion. Like, you don't have to intentionally do a really bad thing for it to be a really bad thing. Yeah. I just think the what he ended up getting was a little long, but we'll talk about the suspension stuff here momentarily, I'm sure. Yeah. But another injury I had is that... Max Domi will be out for the start of the next season after the Columbus Blue Jackets forward had shoulder surgery. Apparently, he had a labral tear in his shoulder, and he had surgery on Thursday, June 3rd to fix it. They're currently expecting him to take about six weeks, or six weeks, they wish, six months to recover. Yeah, shoulder injuries don't heal quickly, period. Like, they just don't. Well, any joint issue is going to take longer. Yeah. But six months is a decent chunk of time, given how late into the year the season has gone. I feel like the regular season is going to run up on everybody. Yeah, it, it has been another weird year in the world of hockey, just because we got cut off so early last year and then started so late and then turned started so late and ended so late this season. So yeah, everything's crammed into a much shorter time. I feel like the teams that don't make it to the finals or win the Stanley Cup, they're going to be the most rested and ready for the next season, I think. Yeah, so if you weren't in the playoffs period, you're going to be finally rested and relaxed. And yeah. The poor Stanley Cup winning team, like, imagine if it the next couple series go six and sevens. Like, it's going to go well into, like, June. Like, almost July if, if it goes long enough. Like, But I feel like what you just said has me laughing because like oh those poor stanley cup winners everyone's crying (laughs) for you boohoo but the reality is they're gonna have less time to relax it's kind of like where the german soccer league was last season where they had three weeks off between the seasons right and normally they have like four months so it's like what the hell (laughs) but i don't think there's any plans on changing start dates yeah as of yet and the last injury that i have is that Philadelphia Flyers center Kevin Hayes had core muscle surgery last week. He is expected to be ready for the next season. They're currently giving him a five-week recovery period. That's not so bad. Yeah, that's not bad. It must not be a very serious core muscle issue. Still had to have surgery, I guess, so maybe it is pretty intense. I feel like if you have to have surgery, it's bad enough. But discussing the playoffs, we are currently in the middle of the second round as of when we are recording. In the north, the Montreal Canadiens are leading their series 2-0 to against the Winnipeg Jets. It's exciting. I mean, here's the thing. I don't want a Canadian team to win the cup, and I feel like out of the two of them... One of them is more one Canadian of them than is the other? More ab- well, no, one of them is more able to win the Stanley Cup overall. Oh, yeah. So I'd rather 
the Winnipeg Jets come out of this and go into the next round because I think whoever they play in the next round would definitely knock them out. I can't say the same for the Canadians, I don't think. That's probably true, realistically. And in the West, we have the Colorado Avalanche leading their series 2-1 to against the Vegas Golden Knights. I also did not want that to go that way. I'd prefer Vegas winning out in that series. I think as a whole, like, the Avalanche have suffered for a lot of years with just mediocre to trash hockey teams. So, like, last couple seasons they've been building and getting better and better. So, like, I don't want to say it's their year because it's probably not going to let them win the Stanley Cup. Anytime you say it's someone's year, it's never their year. But it feels like it's their year, you know? So, for once in a lifetime, it's just like, all right, like, it could be them this year. And then in the East... We've got a tied series between the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. This is the one that I don't know. Like, I don't want either one of them to win the cup, but, like, I don't really care who makes it out until the next round. And and I hate to say this, but my sleeper in this series is the Islanders because I think a lot of people were like, well, they came in in the fourth seed. They weren't really playing that well coming into the playoffs. And I'm like, listen... It's a Barry Trotz team. You can never count them out. Like, you just can't. Well, and I don't think what happens in the regular season is a good determinator of how someone's going to be in the playoffs. It's it's different style of play, 100%. Like, the regular <laughs> season is, a, like, a long, long race, whereas the playoffs are just show up or shut up, and that's just the way it is. You have to be there or not. So I think this is probably one of the most entertaining series to watch so far as well, like competitiveness-wise, anyways. In the final matchup, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning leading their series 3-1 to one against the Carolina Hurricanes. And as I said to you the other day, I do not want Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup again because I don't need another back-to-back during the salary cap. Like, my team is the only one who has that <laughs> title right now, and I really don't want to share it with someone. It's, it's kind of childish, but I understand. <laughs> I feel like anyone who likes sports would understand that. So you're saying all sports are childish. What's weird right now is they they have two days off between their games, which is kind of strange. So they don't play again until Tuesday. Yeah. They have some time to think about trying to win the fourth game, I guess. Well, they've already played four games out of their series of seven. And up in the north, they've only played two games. So like they're trying to let them catch up, I think. Yeah. And then we had the absolute... Most boring draft lottery happened this past week. It literally, like, the draft in the NHL is always known for lots of drama for your mama, and it's just, it was so boring. Everybody got the exact same seed for the pick, except for the Ducks and the Kraken. Otherwise, it was exactly the same. So the Buffalo Sabres have the number one pick. They were slated with the highest percentage chance of getting the number one pick, and they got it. No one's surprised. The only shakeup was an inversion of second and third place. So the Kraken now have second, the Ducks now have third, whereas they were originally the other way. Yeah. Most boring draft lottery ever. And what's crazy about it is, like, normally speaking, and I don't know if it has to do with the the way they did the changes where you can only move up so many spots or slide down so many spots. Like, you're, like, limited to where you could really be. And, like, the first pick was always that random percentage, but then the drawing is just randomized within so many slots of where you're at originally seated. So it's like the craziest thing that could happen is like a team could move up three spots or they could fall back three spots at the right. absolute worst. And so it's just like, 
it doesn't it takes a lot of the excitement out of the whole point of the lottery draft. Like, well, and you and I both watched it and did not enjoy the fact that like we didn't see them drawing them. They're just they like, just brought cards out. Here's in a, stack. a card. Yeah, and it says this. Here's a second card, and on the back it says this. So that was really boring too. Yeah, it was just strange overall. We'll call it what it is. It wasn't exciting by any means. So, but then we have people behaving badly again. On Monday, May 31st, the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, upheld the eight-game suspension that was assessed to Colorado Avalanche forward Nazem Kadri by the Department of Player Safety for an illegal check to the head against St. Louis Blues defenseman Justin Falk on Wednesday, May 19th. Well-deserved. Yes. That one was legitimately deserving of that suspension. I don't understand why he tried to appeal that when everything I saw and everything I read was, clear was as like, day. this is very obviously what you should get for what happened. How much more could this be in black and white for you to read it? It's just right there in front of your face. Like, they need to have a video clip of that in the textbooks for this is what this means. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly what needs to happen. Scan a little QR code and the video pops up. Yeah. This is an illegal check to the head. This is why. Yes. Remember when they used to release the player safety videos? Do they still do that? I haven't seen one. Oh, my God. They're so great. I remember just like, this was the reason he was suspended for this many games because of the motion that he made by doing It's like, oh, my God, we can see it. We're not stupid. Like Some people are, apparently, because he tried to appeal. Yeah. But it was upheld. How many games has he missed so far? I think he missed like half of them already. Yeah, he's missed a pretty large chunk because I think it came in like game three of that series with St. Louis. So Yeah, I think he's missed about half at this point. And then you had Ryan Reeves, who has been suspended two games by the NHL Department of Player Safety. The Vegas Golden Knights forward was disciplined for roughing and unsportsmanlike conduct against Colorado Avalanche defenseman Ryan Graves. So it was a fight of the Ryans. In game one of the second round on Sunday, May 30th. I feel like the reason he caught a suspension wasn't necessarily because of the fight, because like the fight itself was a normal hockey fight. There wasn't anything dirty about it, but... The game misconduct came from the fact that he was then just being out of control after the fight was over. And it's just like, okay, dude, like, we know you're a hothead. It's not the first time we've heard Reeves catching suspensions. So being a repeat offender kind of makes sense that he picked up an actual suspension for everything. Well, the Avalanche captain, Gabriel Landeskog, said after the game, Reeves is on a mission to hurt somebody in the third. And that's what he goes out and does. That's his job. Reeves has been suspended during previous playoffs. In the 2020 playoffs, he got a one-game suspension for an illegal check to the head against Vancouver Canucks forward Tyler Mott. Yep. So now he's out for two games. The next time he does something, maybe he'll be out for three. Exactly. Boston Bruins forward Jake DeBrusque has been fined $5,000 for cross-checking New York Islanders defenseman Scott Mayfield during Game 2 of the team's second-round series in Boston on Monday, May 31st. So no suspension there, just a fine. Which means it's fine, right? To an extent, yes. I don't agree with that at all. But And then we have that big one we were starting to talk about, Mark Scheifel. Scheifley. Scheifley, whatever has been suspended four games by the NHL Department of Player Safety for charging Montreal Canadiens for Jake Evans in Game 1 of the second round on Wednesday, June 2nd. So that's technically what it's being called, charging. 
What should be called is a clean hit and keep your head on a swivel. I hate it because, again, like, he, it's not like he didn't see him skating down the ice when he was behind the net with the puck. He was driving back towards the front of the net to score the empty netter and make it 5-3, to three, which he did do. He scored the goal, but he just got upended, and I'm sorry. Like, I'm a firm believer that, like, these guys know what sport they're playing. They know that it's the playoffs. Like, you can't pretend like you don't know that this Mack truck of a guy that's skating down the ice full speed at you isn't going to clobber you when you try to come around the side of the net. Like, it, I don't know. We're just going to disagree on this one. Yeah. Shifley received a major penalty for charging and a game misconduct. Evans was taken off the ice on a stretcher and is out indefinitely with a concussion. And I feel like you have to not only look at what happened, but what was the consequence for what happened. And this was a big deal. He was on the ice for six minutes before he was stretchered off. So, like, you have to look at the whole picture. You can't just look at, well, he saw him coming, so it's fine. You have to see what happened as a result of his actions. So this is where I disagree with you on this. If you remember a couple years ago, the Vegas Golden Knights were playing the San Jose Sharks. They were eliminated from the playoffs because of a five-minute major penalty that was a clean shoulder-to-chest hit. But because the way he fell... The referees made a call related to that. It's a similar situation. The player wasn't looking to where the hit was made, and they didn't catch a suspension for that. So that that's kind of where I'm like, if you guys are going to follow the rules, follow the rules. I completely disagree. I think this is a completely different circumstance. I don't think this is the same thing at all. Yeah. I feel like you're comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, that's where we'll disagree, I guess. If the term of this suspension is not fully served during the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs, the remaining games would be served at the beginning of the 21-22 season. Shifley has since come out and said that a four-game suspension was excessive, but he's not appealing the ruling. And then we have some of the finalists for the different trophies that have come out. As I said, they were announcing one per day, so these are just the ones that have come out since, since we've yeah. recorded last the Vesna Trophy finalists are Marc-Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights, Philip Grubauer of the Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche, Andre Vasilevsky from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I really want Flower to get it, but I don't know the other people's record. Here's the thing. Both Vasilevsky and Grubauer were not having to share ups so much during the season. So right. like, they literally carried their teams into the playoffs, whereas Flower was had help with Leonard, so, like, I think that's where it's going to come down to maybe him not getting it. I agree with you. I hope Flower gets it just because who doesn't love Marc-Andre Fleury? But at the same time, if it comes down to, like, individual performances, like, I remember us talking about midway through the season, Grubauer had won 14 of the 15 games for the Colorado Avalanche, so it's, like, it's just hard to take that away from somebody like that. Yeah. For the Ted Lindsay Award, you have Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Connor McDavid from the Edmonton Oilers. I could go any of the three ways. I think, honestly, they're all, they all had amazing seasons. I don't want to take anything away from either of them. They, they all well, did really well. I want a certain one to win. Well, of course. But. I think it's a close heat between all three of them. I, I wouldn't want to be responsible for making that decision. Yeah. For the Calder Memorial Trophy, you have, correct me if I say this name wrong, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, you nailed it. From the Minnesota Wild. 
Jason Robertson from the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, yes. And Alex Nedelkovic. I don't have the name here in front of me, so I don't know. I think it's Kovic, but um, I don't really know much about him. I know Robertson just because he's on the news highlights like every night here in Dallas almost. Well, he's from the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. The guy whose name I cannot pronounce. Honestly, it's probably going to be Kaprizov. He's just... He literally has helped turn that organization around in, like, one season. We were joking about how bad the Wild were over the last two seasons, and then all of a sudden it's like, they're in the playoffs? And they did it in, honestly, one of the tougher divisions in the West, so I'm I'm impressed. We'll see who ends up with that one. I think it would be between him and Robertson, though, for sure. For the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, there's Curtis Gabriel from the San Jose Sharks, Pekka Rene from the... Nashville Predators? That's the one. Were you actually waiting for me to say that, or did you just not know? I had it on the tip of my tongue, and it just wasn't coming. You gave me a look like, I don't know where this is from, and that's okay. My brain doesn't like to cooperate with me sometimes. And P.K. Subban from the New Jersey Devils. I know that I don't want Subban to win. I just haven't been a fan of his. So remind me if I'm wrong, I think King Clancy is based off of what the things they do in the community and stuff like that, right? Like, more so than anything? I have my list from last week, I can tell you. Leadership and humanitarian contribution. So P.K. Subban's always been really big in that. Like, he literally donated a whole wing to a hospital when he was in Montreal. So, like, I'm not shocked that he continues to do good things. Right. Um, I know Pecorines was related around, like, research towards, like, cancers and things like that. I'm picking up, like, medical expenses for people that can't afford treatments for cancer so if you hate that you're a monster (laughs) you should die (laughs) like so i don't know it's it again i feel like that could be a a tough decision to make because if they're all doing great things it's great celebrate them but at the same time it's like that's like you got to pick the best person out of three great people so i don't know well hopefully they're not weighing things like well i think cancer is worse than this because i feel like that's a bad way to look at that award that's, that's true. And the last one that they've announced as of our recording is the Lady Bing Trophy, which has Austin Matthews from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jacob Slavin from the Carolina Hurricanes, and Jared Spurgeon from the Minnesota Wild as the finalist for that one. Got it. I'm pretty sure they announced this like midday, so there'll be a couple more out by the time this episode goes up, so hopefully we'll be able to post that on our Twitter I love that there's a most gentleman, gentleman-like player in the NHL. I think that's just silly, the lady being trophy-like. <laughs> I mean, considering the outrageous behavior that a lot of athletes get up to and criminal behavior that a lot of them get up to, I feel like maybe we keep this. Yeah. Maybe we don't try to go, well, that's old-timey, so let's not. Let's, let's keep this in. And so today we have the Selkie Trophy that's going to get announced at some point today. And that's Best Defensive Forward, which is always an exciting category. You always love a defensive forward and you love a very offensive-minded defenseman. Yeah. So, like, this is a good trophy, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite categories. Uh, Obviously, like, Host has been nominated for, for a couple seasons over the years, so... Is Hosa still with you guys on, like, some sort of, like, weird non-playing contract? Or Technically, did that until end? the end of this season, I think he's under the Coyotes contract still. Okay. So, um, we'll see. I, I don't know. 
we do have a couple of those contracts to drop this year, thanks to Shazi and uh, Seabrook retiring in the middle of their contracts. So we'll be dumping some of those as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Also, this week, they announced that the Women's World Championship will be getting a new location and date start time, thanks to COVID-19 in Canada. It was originally supposed to be played in May in Nova Scotia, but due to COVID restrictions, they had to cancel the event. And originally, there was no plan on redoing it, but the International Hockey Association in Canada has basically come out and said, hey, we're still going to host this event. So it will be played in Calgary uh, starting August 20th to the 31st. They're basically going to make sure that the regular hockey season is completely over so all the venues are available for the the women's championship to go on. That makes sense. Uh, Also, for the first and second game of the second round, the Winnipeg Jets allowed 500 vaccinated healthcare workers to be the first fans back in their arena. I think that's really, really cool. The sad thing is they had to watch the Jets lose both games, so maybe they should go back to not having fans because the Jets won every single game in the previous series without them. And that's how you know that people who follow sports are stupidly superstitious because, like, I have my own thing too. Maybe this is a Winnipeg Jets thing. Like, they just, just don't can't. allow fans in and you'll win. Yeah. All but of next again, season, there'll be no fans in the stadium. Then again, you're not going to have money to pay for anything because you've had no fans. In the stadiums, buying all sorts of overpriced things. Yeah. But I think the NFL is actually going to be the roughest one that we have to talk about this week because I literally have two things happening. And, like, I don't know if you have more than that, but not a lot is really going on. There's people arguing about, like, well... This person might go here, this person might go there, and I don't count that as news. That's rumors. Yeah, OTAs are the worst time of year because it's like, this player's not showing up to this because they're not happy and who's going to trade for them? And it's like, it's like being in high school all over again. The rumors are just everywhere and stuck to every wall. And we could talk to you guys until we're blue in the face about it, but it's just, it's all rumors still. Like, you, you could literally name a team and be like, they're probably going here, and people might agree with you or they might disagree with you, but that's legitimately all the conversation that will exist. So, But for my news, I have that the Cincinnati Bengals have signed first-round selection Jamar Chase. He is on the standard first-round deal of four years with a fifth-year option. I don't know what money is considered standard, whatever that is. He's going to get paid really well. He's going to have sponsors, so... I wouldn't be too worried about how much money he's making. It'll be a lot for as young as he is. So, uh, Also this week, the Vikings made a signing of Bashad Breland. He's a cornerback uh, to a one-year contract valued up to $4 million based on performance of his play. They've been loading up their secondary because the Vikings had a very good run defense last year, but if you passed it more than five yards, their defense was pretty much trash. So they realized that there was a problem. They've gone out and now hired six different cornerbacks for actual contracts and or like tryout opportunity contracts. So they're loading up to try to see maybe they can improve their secondary a little bit. And then the one piece of news that I'm not a big fan of is that apparently the NFL is having an issue with assistant coaches who are refusing to get the COVID vaccine. So assistant coaches from at least four different NFL teams are refusing to get the vaccine and are set to lose their tier one status if they don't receive their first dose by the end of next week. 
If they lose their Tier 1 status, that would ban these coaches from the field, meeting rooms, and direct interactions with players. Which basically makes them useless. Right. I was reading up on this a bit, and apparently the players don't have the same restrictions as the coaches and, like, staff do. So the players can all be unvaccinated, and they can do their jobs and whatever's required of them. But if you're a coach or a staff member, you have to be vaccinated in order to keep your tier one status and doing all the usual parts of your job. So if you aren't vaccinated as a player, when you're not in actual like physical contact with people, you do have to be wearing a mask in the facilities. So there are some restrictions for players, but it's not as restrictive for coaches, which I find a little strange, like you would think that it would be similar rules because at the same time, you want them to all be vaccinated as well. You don't want the risk to exist, period. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird stance that the NFL has right now. So I understand the coaches' frustrations with it, but at the same time, it's like, just get vaccinated. It's not that complicated. Like, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. But when they did, they're like, the whole world opens up to me properly. And I'm like, yes, it does. It's this amazing thing. that Right. Well, it's like how your workplace is letting vaccinated people stop wearing masks. And so your coworker who's super Republican and doesn't like the vaccine is like, well, maybe I'll get the vaccine so I can stop wearing my mask. And it's like, maybe you should. It's a motivation. It's a good one to have, right? And we'll talk about it later, but I'm just really sick and tired of people like this getting incentivized to do the right thing. Like, you should just want to do the right thing. You shouldn't need sports tickets or the ability to take off your mask in order to do what you should have been doing the whole time or the states that are doing like the lottery if you're vaccinated for like a million dollars or whatever yeah yeah some 22 year old girl won a million dollars in ohio just because she got vaccinated i'm like um hello vaccinated where's my million dollars right i want a chance at least come on now but hopefully this incentivizes the coaches possibly some of the players to get the vaccine i just it's weird that i In my opinion, it's weird that there's a double standard. Yeah, I can agree with that. Speaking of one of the ramblings of, like, who's going to go where, we'll go into it just a tad. Julio Jones has been, like, one of the hot, hot topics. The Atlanta Falcons came out and basically said, one player and a second-round pick, you can have them. And it's just, like, they're just sick and tired of the nonsense, I think, at this point. They're just, like, if he's going to be that toxic about it, like, just please, somebody give us a decent offer and, and he's yours. Take him. And so I'm like, oof, that's honestly the closest one I feel like they're actually being a trade that's going to happen. Like, Deshaun Watson, I don't think he's going anywhere. Maybe jail. (laughs) Our boy from the north in Green Bay, I don't think he's going anywhere. So it's just like, I I don't know. There's a lot of nonsense going around. I think this is the most likely trade to happen because the leadership and ownership of the team are like, we're done. If he's done with us, we're done with him. Just take him. So I feel like it's probably going to be the first major trade we see during the offseason. But everybody's favorite head coach is up to some crazy things up in Detroit. Um, Oh, yes. Yes. So how does this man have a job? uh, Well, I did a little more digging. I found out that the reason he wore the helmet was because that day he was announced to be the Grand Marshal for the Detroit Grand Prix on June 12th. So the way he announced it to the press was by coming into the press conference wearing a racing helmet with the visor down so nobody can hear him. At least it kind of makes sense. Yeah, but still, it's still just wackadoo left field type thing. Like, you could have made, like, an Instagram post with you wearing the helmet and announced it that way, and that would have been somewhat normal. 
instead of like coming into a professional press conference and just wearing a racing helmet. It's just so strange. And like, I don't know, after the lion thing behind the kicker, I thought it was just like, there's something wrong with this guy, just at least a little bit. But that seems to be all of the NFL news, which is really short. And I appreciate it, I guess. Again, we could have talked rumors for the rest of our lives, but it's just so much of nothing. Yeah. But sadly, we have more news out of the MLB this week. It never stops, apparently. (laughs) In player health, we have Mitch Garver, who has announced via his Instagram story on Wednesday morning that he underwent successful surgery after leaving Tuesday's game due to a foul ball striking his groin area. Yeah, he had a groin contusion. We won't go into the actual details because they exist. If you want to find out, you can read about it, but it's... A little graphic. It's not pleasant. (laughs) Um, As somebody who played catcher for a lot of years, I've had a lot of close calls with baseballs in that area, but I've conveniently avoided all of them. (laughs) So... It's. Mm. I don't know if it's better or worse that it's off a foul ball. So like. It's worse usually. The, the momentum has changed, but yikes. Yeah. The Minnesota manager Rocco Baldelli said it will be a couple of weeks before the catcher is set to return. Take your time, man. There's no reason to speed that one along, especially knowing what the surgery actually entailed. Just take your time, man. For the second time this season, Steven Strasburg. Strasburg. That's the guy. Is sidelined on the IL. The Nationals placed the right-hander on the 10-day IL on Wednesday evening because of a neck strain. The manager, Dave Martinez, said it was nerve irritation. Well, we know he's had nerve problems in his fingers and in his hands, and that's what caused his first IL trip this year. And his long IL trip last season. He's clearly got some type of nerves, nerve issues that are going on. And I don't know, a neck strain is, as somebody who gets those from time to time, is not fun. But at the same time, I don't have nerve-related neck strains usually. Like, mine is just muscle or neck soreness. So, I don't know. A little different. I just wonder what he's doing for it other than rest. Because I feel like nerve issues are harder to manage. I'm sure some form of like physical therapy and stuff like that, but still, it's just like there's not much you can really do to rush that along. Madison Bumgarner is headed to the 10-day IL after an MRI showed inflammation but no structural damage. The D-backs manager, Tori Lovulo, said that he is receiving treatment and they're hopeful for a quick recovery. Second baseman Colton Wong has been placed on the 10-day IL on Friday with a recurrence of a strained left oblique, so it seems like he wasn't healed up all the way before he tried to come back. Should never rush an injury, as we know. Yeah. And then I've got some funny news from the MLB, or at least I liked it. And you know, I don't like a lot of things dealing with baseball. I'm excited to hear it. Pablo Sandoval donned a panda head and hugged Freddie Freeman after Freeman got a home run in the first inning of Friday's series opener against the Dodgers. During a recent homestand, a panda head was spotted at the end of the dugout. It has since been used by Sandoval to create the new post-homer celebration. Panda hugs. Well, to clarify for the people that don't know, his nickname is Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval. So, Well, it's his fault for bringing a panda head. Yeah. I think it's great, to be completely honest. And speaking of incentives, 
to the unvaccinated. The MLB has announced on Friday that it will work with its 30 clubs to offer incentives to unvaccinated fans through a program they're calling MLB Vaccinate at the Plate, which will take place throughout the month of June. Each of the 30 teams will host at least one event in June where unvaccinated fans will be able to receive a free ticket to a game if they get the COVID vaccine shot at the event. MLB clubs will have the flexibility to construct the giveaway to their own specifications, including where the event is hosted, when in June it takes place, and if the tickets are good for that day's game or a game later in the season. So what you're saying is I need to go get the third vaccine shot. I'll call it a booster. Will you be supercharged against COVID? Yeah, be like the Hulk, unstoppable. I just... I think it's a good thing to get people to get vaccinated, especially if they're unsure on the fence or they just outright don't want to. This is a good way probably to get the sports fans on board to get vaccinated. But at the same time, it's like I did the thing because it's the right thing to do. I didn't get like an award. I didn't get rewarded with something for doing what should be done. Yeah. So I think that's why that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But I should overlook that and just appreciate the fact that more people are going to get vaccinated because of this. It's true. However it happens, we'll have more people vaccinated, which is what we need. And it was just announced this week that Wrigley Field will open at full capacity on June 11th. Single game tickets for the remainder of the regular season went on sale on Saturday. And then probably abruptly sold out an hour probably. or two later. Probably. Because <laughs> people are ready for sports. Like, I get it. It's an out, a completely outdoor venue. And as well, the city of Chicago is doing pretty well for vaccinations, like, in comparison to other major cities. So, like, I don't have an issue with this. As part of the move to Phase 5, the club is amending its health and safety protocols. Outdoor and indoor capacity restrictions will be lifted Physical distancing will no longer be required in the ballpark, and pod-style seating will be eliminated. To support full capacity, gates will open two hours prior to the first pitch. Cubs season ticket holders will return to their season ticket seat location, and the Budweiser bleachers will return to general admission. They will be keeping the touchless entry process and bag restrictions implemented at the start of the regular season as well as mobile tickets and cashless concessions and retail. Which, honestly, it's like, why not? We're in the generation of where everything is digital now. So, like, Pretty much. why have you taken so long to get to that point? But I understand there's still people that go to the ball game and be like, this is the $60 we're spending on food, guys. Right, Like, right. you know, or whatever, and just kind of cutting the family off at that point. Well, I feel like you just have to be more mindful. Yeah. But it's probably something they should have done a while back, so... Let's all be honest. When somebody comes in with a wad of money, you're just like, unless they're fresh new bills, you're like, where have these touched? Who's touched them? Where have they right. been? Like, you know, especially if you're like a germaphobe, it's like a nightmare at that point. Staying on the subject of Chicago sports, I was hoping to announce him becoming the most winningest or the second most winningest coach in MLB history. But because we lost yesterday, he has not done that yet. Tony Larusa tied for the second winningest coach of all time in the MLB by winning the game on Friday with a total of 2,763 wins. So 
hopefully today or tomorrow they beat that record and make him the second winningest coach of all time. I knew he was up in the top five. I didn't know he was so close to second place yeah. uh, when the season started, but it's still neat to have a coach of that caliber in, in the dugout. Albeit I've questioned a few of the crazy things he's done this season that have not worked out, but he's old. Maybe he's forgetting things. I don't know. Also this week, the Yankees were swept for the first time by the Detroit Tigers since the year 2000. That's an ugly note to have, especially considering the Detroit Tigers are they're playing well at the moment, but for the season they're playing pretty poorly. So, And then also this past week, Josh Donaldson scored the MLB's 2 millionth run in the history of the MLB uh, on a Nelson Cruz ground rule double. So he was on second base, the ground rule double was hit, so he got to move the two bases forward, which would be home plate and scored. You know what a ground rule double is. I don't have to explain that, do I? It's cute that you think that. I have no idea. Hold on. Let me see. He gets a double. I don't know about the ground rule part. It's a grounded ball. So he gets the double based on the what happens with the ball. Because the ball is a grounder. No, not usually. Because he hit the ball and it rolled around on the ground. So the ground rule double, it's not roll double, it's rule is when the ball bounces in fair territory first and then ends up out of play, not like in foul territory, but like in the stadium somewhere where somebody can't get in. So this way, it's not like the player has to run into the crowd to go find the ball and then come back, that type of situation. There just shouldn't be a situation where the ball will end up like that. That feels weird. Well, baseballs bounce, so it it happens. Not often as it used to because they have the nets down the foul territory lines now in most stadiums, but it used to happen a lot in certain stadiums. It's obviously changed over the years. You're seeing less and less of them, but it happened. It's kind of funny that that's what caused the five or sorry the two millionth run of the history of the MLB. That's my funny baseball news for the week. Well, I have another piece of funny news. The Dodgers reliever Joe Kelly passed some downtime during the game against the Cardinals on Wednesday night by playing a game of rock, paper, scissors against a fan in the Dodgers stadium. Yeah. It was really cute. It was. We need more interactions with fans like that instead of what's been happening in the NBA, which there's been more of this week and we'll discuss it later. I didn't write about it this time because it didn't seem as extreme as the ones that were happening last week, but... uh... Like, it wasn't people spitting on people or throwing things at people or... Uh, uh, you might have missed something, but we'll talk about that later. Yep. The Indians have decided that they're definitely going to change their name, so they are currently in the middle of the name change process. The club has spent the last few months talking with fans, community leaders, local influencers staff and front office personnel to get an idea of what the general population is looking for in a team name. They released the top three, like, internet voted ones, and the number one is Spiders. Boating McBoatface. No, it's not, but it, it might as well be. <laughs> but, like, the Cleveland Spiders, and I'm like, who would want to be the Spiders? Like, that's such a stupid team name. How do you make a walking, talking mascot? Of the spiders. It'd be really creepy and probably haunt your dreams worse than Gritty. Let's not do that then. Gritty is often a feature of my nightmares. (laughs) The team currently doesn't have a timeline for the new name and when it's going to be announced. 
But apparently the original list of 1,198 names has already gone through 14 rounds of vetting to narrow the options down and select the top choices. Apparently the next step for the club will be to draft creative options for logos, word marks, other brand elements, and also working with the MLB to ensure the legal viability of the name to make sure they're not stealing something that's been trademarked or whatever. It's kind of important. And then they should be open to unveiling the name. Yeah. And then we have some NBA news. I only have one injury, which is weird. Normally, people get hurt more. I have two, so... Oh, man. Yeah. The first one is Washington Wizards forward Davis Bertans, Mm -hmm. who is set to be out four to six weeks with a grade two calf strain. It's pretty much all I could find on it, too. It was a very short article that I read. Very short. I was like, this is what happened. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Good for him. And this one was yesterday sports news in the NBA for injury that I have, so it's... Maybe why it didn't make your notes. It happened last night. So okay. um, James Harden left game one only 53 seconds into the game one with Yikes. a hamstring injury of sorts. He basically made a pass for a good shot. Basket was made. But as he came down from jumping to make the pass, he immediately grabbed at his hamstring. They ended up being able to finally call a timeout 53 seconds in to get him off the court and subbed out. He's going to undergo an MRI today to figure out the severity of the injury just to see if it's like a tear or if it's just a strain. So we'll find out maybe more today or tomorrow, more likely. But this is a league that is also currently in the playoffs. The difference is we still have a team in the first round. Yeah, they're not quite all in the second round yet. You've got the... Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks, who are currently tied in their series 3-3 to in technically the first round. Whoever ends up winning that one will go on to play the Utah Jazz. That series isn't set to start until the 8th, which is the day that this episode comes out. So you guys will know who's playing Utah. This is true. But we've already got... The other series set, we're going to have the Denver Nuggets playing the Phoenix Suns, and that'll start tomorrow as of this recording. So question for you, are your Nuggies going to get cooked by the sun? Technically, I think Nugget is something to do with, like, the gold rush. It is, but... And I don't think it has anything to do with chicken nuggets. But if they were the chicken nuggets, the answer would be yes. (laughs) I would prefer Denver to come out of this just because I like nuggets, as we've always talked about on this ep- this podcast. Yeah. But then we've also got the Philadelphia 76ers, who are currently set to play the Atlanta Hawks, and that will start tonight as of when we're recording. And we've already got this last one started. So the Brooklyn Nets are currently leading the Milwaukee Bucks one to zero in their series. What's crazy about this is in going into the fourth quarter last night, the Nets were down 15 points. That's crazy. And they came back and won the game by a pretty good threshold. I think it was by like eight points. So like they did a pretty good reversal of what was going on. So yeah. And that's even without James Harden. One minute in, they lost one of their superstars. So it's like good play, clearly, by by the Nets last night. But I'll go ahead and talk about the fan behaving badly because there's actually a couple that have happened. 
The first one was a fan was arrested for throwing a water bottle at Kyrie Irving on Sunday, May 30th. The 21-year-old is currently facing an assault and battery with a dangerous weapon charge. That's the, maybe a little excessive. The, the dangerous weapon part is a little... It's a water bottle. Get over it. Bananas to yeah. me, but... Like, if it was like a gallon jug, I could see the argument, but, like, it, you can't bring a gallon jug into a stadium, so it's like, come on. The fan was also banned for life from TD Garden. Irving said that banning fans who mistreat NBA players won't solve the problem, and that it goes deeper than that. He actually went on to explain that he thinks because of who is being targeted for the poor behavior from the fans since returning is that it's a racist issue, which I feel like there could be some truth to that. I feel like we also have to understand that some of this is people are sitting at home for a year and don't know how to behave anymore. But Boston fans are also monsters. Yes. Like legitimately when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup there, they booed through the entire Stanley Cup ceremony. Yeah. That never happens anywhere else. Well, because what you're supposed to do if you're at home and your team loses and the other team wins the Stanley Cup is you get upset. And then you leave. And you leave so everyone else can enjoy the ceremony. Right. So... Like, they kept the stadium completely full through the entire ceremony and booed during the whole thing. So, I'm sorry, Boston fans. You guys are awful human beings sometimes. And I I don't think that means everybody is, but clearly this continues to prove it. Like, yeah, Kyrie bailed on you to go play for a team that actually could give him a championship, unlike the Celtics. So, you know what? Like, get off their high horse, okay? Well, moving on from that little Boston rant. (laughs) The Nets forward Kevin Durant said, fans have got to grow up at some point. I know that being in the house for a year and a half with the pandemic has got a lot of people on edge. But when you come to these games, you've got to realize that these men are human. We're not animals. We're not in a circus. Right. And I can completely agree with that. I think people have got to realize you're not at home anymore, surrounded by... Everyone telling you exactly what you want to hear all the time and experiencing only the things that you want to experience. Like, you have to go out in the world and experience whatever happens and accept it. And I think that is something that we're going to struggle with because, like, if I'm at home and I'm watching something and I don't like how it's going, I can just turn it off. Right. If I am at a game and it's not going the way I want, I have to sit there and accept that it's going in a way I don't want or leave. Right. So I think these fans have just got to realize you're not isolated anymore. You're not You're not in your house fast-forwarding through the things you don't want to watch. Yeah. And then we had another fan. He was tackled after running onto the court during a playoff game between the Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers on Monday, May 31st. During the third quarter, action was halted because of a fan running onto the court. A security guard grabbed and held down the person near the baseline. I, I think that's the end by yep. the goal. Where that I is. wanted to hear you say the goal post when I it's almost said the it, basket. Yeah, but I didn't. The fan was escorted away from the court and play resumed after a brief interruption. The fan was banned from the arena and charges against him were being pursued by the DC MPD. So you're going you're gonna to laugh about this. So the Washington football team's head coach, 
literally was making jokes the next day in his press conference, like, I need to get that security guard on my roster. He laid yeah. out a big hit. Like, he football tackled this man. It wasn't like, uh, here, let's. I'm going to put you on the ground. He got rocked. Yeah. And so it's like, get that man some pads. Put him on the team. It will help you guys play a little better. Like, come on. The Washington forward, Rui Hachimura, mm-hmm. said, I don't know what he was trying to do. I think they're just excited to come back, but they've got to be more respectful to us as players. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't like a stage at a concert you can jump on to like go crowd surfing. You're stepping onto a basketball court with I professional athletes. I think that's bad behavior at a concert. Well, I've done that a few times, so. <laughs> Sounds like you have bad behavior in your past. No argument or no comments beyond that. <laughs> you plead the fifth. Yes. And the last bit of NBA news that I have is that the Milwaukee Bucks guard, Drew Holiday, has received the Joe DeMars Trophy as the winner of the 2021 NBA Sportsmanship Award. The annual award is designed to honor a player who best represents the ideals of sportsmanship on the court. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sad about this. I think, honestly, if you had to find somebody that fits the bill... It's him. He's not the guy that's going to take a dive. He's not going to be overly agitated or violent or argue with referees all season long. He's just he's just been a good sport about everything, so it kind of makes sense. It's a pretty easy pick, at least for me it would be. Uh, but it was also firing season over the last couple uh. of days. The Portland Trailblazers decided to part ways with their head coach, Terry Stotts, after four years at the helm. Uh, the last two playoff runs ended in first-round eliminations. And so basically ownership's like, yeah, you're getting us to the playoffs, but you're not doing anything once you get there. There's clearly some type of issue going on. We have the players to make the playoffs, so why are we not playing well in them? And I can see that argument. Um, he did finish his career, though, with a 402-318 and record for win-loss. So it's yeah, he's a winning coach. You know, overall, he's not bad. It sounds like maybe he had one rough season and that's it, so... Uh, but also the Orlando Magic have decided to part ways with their head coach as well, Steve Clifford. On the other hand, in comparison, uh, he was not so great. His career record was 96 and 131 uh, in his time served as the head coach, so not that exciting. Um, but there was another award given out. Damian Lillard received the Tywin Stokes Teammate of the Year Award. The award is given to the player that best exemplifies selfless play on and off-court leadership as a mentor and role model to other NBA players and their commitment and dedication to their team. It's a mouthful. But he won the award, and again, I kind of think that makes sense. There are a lot of players that probably do that in the league, but this award is actually given out by the players' vote, so that's who the NBA players think fits that bill the best, I guess. Kudos to Damian Lillard to basically being like the best version of himself based on NBA's perspective, so... But did you have any MLS news? I do, actually. I was so excited for you to not say anything about it because you told me last night you didn't have any notes. And I was like, we're going to end it with no MLS. It's going to be fantastic. Actually, I think what happened is you said you couldn't find any MLS news, and I just looked at you because I did have MLS news. Ah. The LA Galaxy defenseman Derek Williams has been suspended six matches and find an undisclosed amount for his hard foul on Andy Polo that gave the Portland Timbers forward a season-ending injury. Oof. Williams originally received a red card for the tackle and then was suspended uh, another five games. 
Polo was helped off the field after suffering a ruptured quadriceps muscle and a tear in the meniscus in his left knee. Oh, it sounds so bad. It was ruptured. Yes. It has ruptured. Yeah. Picture that in your mind, if you will. I, Just I, the I already did. Rupturing. I don't need you to explain that to me any further. Like, that sounds awful. I'm picturing it awful. Yes. Yeah. That one, do you think he should be suspended? Yeah. Okay. When you rupture somebody's muscle, absolutely. I just feel really bad for what happened. And I feel like if you have given someone a season-ending injury, maybe we talk about more than five games. Maybe well, we it, think about more than five If he went out games. of his way to do it on purpose, yes, absolutely. But if, like, it happened by accident, then I don't agree with you. Like, you shouldn't punish somebody for an accident that ruptures a muscle. But if you, like, he was pointing at him, like, I'm coming for you, and, like, then maybe there's intent. But, like, I don't know. It, injuries happen in sports. It's really easy. In the soccer world particularly because these guys have legs like horses. And it's a very easy situation for somebody to be slid into wrong or tackled with, like, a body tackle and things to happen. I know a lot of people are like, well, soccer players fall really easy. Well, you try running at a full sprint and see if somebody clips you on your foot if you're going to fall down or not. Like, I guarantee you, you will. Don't get me wrong. There's times where it's clearly like A-plus acting. But honestly, as somebody who's played soccer and been slide tackled, it hurts a lot. Catching a spike in the leg is not a comfortable thing or in the ankle and areas that aren't meant to take that kind of abuse. I feel bad for him, but at the same time, if it wasn't on purpose, I kind of understand. I would not want to be the person who has their quadricep muscle rupture, and I feel very bad for him. I do too, without a doubt. Like That's that's so painful, I can't even yep. fathom. But I think that pretty much wraps up the sports episode, unless you have more MLS news. So I do not. I feel like that's bad enough. I think we're done. Okay, we'll end it on that sour note. The good news is this week we do have the Euros starting up, but I, th- I don't have anything news-wise about it because it hasn't happened yet. When does that start? On the 11th. So, okay. Yep. Later in the week then. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We'll keep you guys updated on the Euros when they do start. And make sure you check out all of our social media, which will be linked in the show notes. And we'll catch you on Thursday for a book episode. Bye, guys. Bye.